The IRS's new Enterprise Digitization and Case Management Office has spent the last year or so migrating business processes from legacy systems to a cloud-based enterprise case management system. Tech officials want to give IRS people who deal with the public a better picture of a taxpayer's status when they get calls for help. For more on this project, Federal News Network's Jory Heckman spoke with the office's co-directors, Harrison Smith and Justin Lewis Abold Labresh. You hear Abold Labresh first. Our goal is really to modernize and migrate key business processes from across the IRS onto a common enterprise case management platform. The reason we're doing this is because today we have 60-plus systems that can't always interact with one another. We have air gaps where we have to move cases through the post office, for example, to be able to get them from one place to another in the organization. And our existing legacy systems are aging, and they don't have that type of modern interface we want for our employees. And so we have a vision to consolidate our business processes from these legacy systems onto enterprise case management and then create an opportunity to simplify our legacy case management portfolio as much as we possibly can and decommission those legacy components and systems. So we have a ton of progress. Over the past 18 months, we've procured an industry-leading platform, Pegasystems. We did that in April, and now we're well underway in our first release. And so we'll actually, by December, have our first business process live on our new platform, providing value to taxpayers and simplifying the employee experience. Some of the immediate impact is going to be a digital front end for this business process. So taxpayers can move from sending us requests on paper to sending us requests electronically for this particular business process. And then on the back end, today those employees often have to go to multiple different systems to research the taxpayer question and be able to formulate an accurate reply. And we're simplifying that for the employee by bringing a lot of that research capability into ECM. So it's one stop for the employee. And then our goals looking forward, we've got two tracks that we're using. We always want to be bringing on new data and capabilities and technology enablers for the platform because the more robust our platform is, the more business processes we can migrate in. And at the same time, we always want to be delivering value as fast as we can, agilely using a minimum viable product. And so over the next year, we'll do both of those. We have a robust portfolio that will help us stand up our platform and also migrate many more business processes on so we're delivering value at the same time. A lot of stuff in the works there. Harrison, you did mention some of the iterative pilots, the starting small and and scaling up what works. That does sound a lot like Pilot IRS. Give me an, an update perhaps on where things stand with that and some of the success stories that have come out of that. You see quite a few similarities if you take a step back around how we pursued ECM and Pilot IRS. You just heard Justin talking about minimum viable products and tackling a very specific business process, writing off manageable chunks of things. There's clearly that correlation because in the Pilot IRS arena, we want to try things in weeks and months as opposed to quarters and years. There's quite a bit of empirical evidence around, uh, especially in the technology space, the the larger and more long-term government acquisitions become, the more likely they are to fail. So identifying ways, and it doesn't work everywhere for all kinds of reasons, but identifying opportunities where we can take an informed shot and frankly an informed risk and seeing if something works before we really invest a significant amount of money, it's really a very strong business case for for how we're pursuing things in this office in general. You mentioned some of the success in, in, in the past, and I think you may have seen a recent announcement that came out on another project that we're working on. I try to find ways to to convey the concepts quickly 
and something got stuck in my head around 25. It was just a number. And you see a solicitation, a government solicitation that's less than 25 pages with a proposal response that's less than 25 pages that gets awarded in about 25 days and you get somewhere in the neighborhood of 25K. Again, for, for the draft solicitation that went out, for the data mashing initiative, I think it was 50K. But again, there's, there's this consistency thread that you see where we want to take smaller chunks uh, of information, we want to take smaller chunks of resources, uh, and really identify whether or not something works. And something works is a fairly broad phrase, right? You've got, does the user like it? Is it going to fit in our architecture? Is it, frankly, something that we can tell from a prototype that it, it's just not going to work and it's not going to fit the need? And finding out that in you know, 30, 60, or 90 days, as opposed to three, six, nine years, there's a real benefit to that. And I think the sweet spot, if you will, is really understanding where we need to have a more of a traditional approach and where the structure is a little bit different and where, again, we can take this more agile approach, if you will, looking at minimum viable products and the like. We want to, again, make sure that we can kick the tires as much as possible before committing to things so that we don't get overburdened. But at the same time, you, you don't want to go run around chasing shiny objects. And I think that's one of the biggest areas that jumps out at you is that pilot IRS is for external and really new contract opportunities. And if we go back a little bit to what we talked about earlier in terms of our different areas of focus, you've got business process, you've got policy and tech. Approaches like pilot IRS for new procurements don't really address all of those, right? And they, they kind of play in the technology space and clearly getting the guidance and advice and, and buy-in from the technology experts uh, with the IRS COIR team is something that we really depend on and appreciate, uh, but making sure that we strike that balance. It may be that a technology approach is not necessary, and we can address it from a business process standpoint or a policy standpoint, uh, but really lining up those areas uh, and continuing to move the ball forward in the near term as we tackle the more complicated and long-term efforts. And that's really the balance that we're looking for. It's, as you said, getting that feedback from the employee, getting that feedback from the taxpayer. You know, as far as moving to a consolidated enterprise case management system, what are the benefits and and the opportunities of having systems that are able to talk to each other and having, you know, really a a 360 degree view of, of a taxpayer's experience in seeing their case being worked through all these various systems? Our vision is that taxpayers are going to have faster, enhanced service, and enhanced customer experience and convenience because they're able to interact with an employee who has that 360-degree view of the case history and their journey, the taxpayer's journey through the IRS. And today, that's, that's challenging for us to achieve because of the gaps between our systems. And then on the employee side, we're going to empower our employees to really help taxpayers resolve issues by giving them this broader view, by eliminating the need to continually print and and file paper copies of case files unless there's some legislative or regulatory mandate to do so. So both the taxpayer and the employee are going to be able to work together in this simplified experience, really. And if I push just a little deeper on that, today, as everyone knows, you call into the IRS and we have wonderful customer service representatives, but sometimes it can be quite challenging because they're not able to see all of the aspects of the taxpayer interaction with us. And so uh, this makes it hard for them to resolve as many issues as they would like to with the taxpayer on the phone. So by bringing these different case management processes onto a shared platform, enterprise case management, we're going to make it possible for that customer service representative to have that wider view, that 360-degree view you were just talking about. And that means they're going to be able to more holistically address the taxpayer's needs, ideally on that call. And we envision this becoming more proactive. We envision that the customer service representative will not only be able to address more fully what a taxpayer calls in about, 
But we're hoping to create something called uh, a tax health check or a concept like that where the customer service representative, again, because of the 360-degree view, is able to bring issues to the taxpayer and say, can I help you resolve this while you're still on the line? And wouldn't that be uh, the type of experience that I think everyone's looking for? And so these are things that will evolve over time. You know, we don't get there in one day, but this is the near future. Justin Lewis Abold Labreche, the co-director of the IRS's Enterprise Digitization and Case Management Office. You also heard from co-director Harrison Smith. They were speaking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. Check out Jory's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, Think twice before sending money through an app or online. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffel Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.